Last minute call, one day at the Eurobike, collecting a lot of cars, hugging a lot of friends. What do you think about it, PsychoDuck? Hello everybody and welcome to Brumbagoon. You will not get there on a road bike, but at this time you're not going to get there with any bike, probably. It was a bit of a messy time in a messe of Frankfurt first time because I went there just for one day to join the Eurobike. Basically, it was just an excuse. I wanted to hug a lot of friends. And this episode is going to be more or less a messe on the other way around. A mess on the mess. You're going to listen to a lot of voice. I'm going to tell you everything in one second. First of all, thanks to everybody who is listening to this podcast. And thanks a lot for the great comments that I got after my interview with Jens Voigt. Happy you liked it. But anyways, I loved it. So happy that we shared this thing together. Sharing, that's the magic word. Please share this episode, all the other episodes that you liked. And don't forget about sharing is something, but then review, rate, whatever you want to do in your application of the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everything you are listening from. And I have to say thank you as well to Komoot, Komoot that is supporting this podcast also in this season and supported me as well to arrive from point A to point B at the Eurobike, even if I was not with my bike. Maybe another time we're going to talk about how to set up stuff to go to a trade show about bicycle with a bike. This could be interesting. If you want to enjoy as well Komoot at its best, go on komoot.com slash G like Greenland and put the code in BROOM. Also the bells here in front of my apartment from the church are coming to say that Komoot is super awesome. I think you need to know it even more. And by using the code BROOM, you will know it even more. Remember down here, there is the coffee link. Please offer, pay me a coffee. This is going to be super helpful for me to keep on being independent and for this podcast to keep on being independent and sharing the voices of awesome people. And by Kigis, the charity that I'm supporting down here, there is also the link to support this awesome charity from Berlin with teaching women refugees to learn how to use a bike for their mobility as well as for a cultural freedom and for a huge statement that we are all putting all around. Bicycle means freedom. That's super awesome. So Eurobike, I decided last minute to go to the Eurobike. I went there, I got a lot of meetings, I met a lot of friends and that's super good. I actually was reading from uh, Peter, aka Dear Susan, on the Instagram that actually collecting business cars at the Eurobike looks like a Pokemon game. That's why I was really inspired by this statement and that's why this starts and also the sounds that you're gonna listen into this episode. The sounds. Yes, let's talk about that. I talk with three or four people during the show and that's why you can hear their voice in the first part. Then after 20 minutes, we decided to let the dust coming down and talk with John Woodruff from Two-Tone. Hi, John. Hope you're doing good. Hi, Two-Tone people. Hope you're doing great. Thanks a lot for all your help all the time for this podcast. And... We just put together a couple of things, highlights, lowlights, not lowlights, meh things, and then difference between... I mean, you're going to listen to that. So keep yourself tight. Now we're going to start with the episode. After, I would say, 24 minutes, is going to start the talk with John, a bit more in a relaxed setup and talking about a lot of things Eurobike, but also something else. I hope you enjoyed it. And people, 
I will talk to you at the end for tidying up and uh, putting together the last thoughts. I love you. Hi, people. First impressions just got in the, how do you call it? The Messe. I love this name in German, the Messe. Uh, I mean, it's Frankfurt, so you can expect a lot of skyscraper and metallic stuff. And uh, the way here from Zurich was easier. You jump on the train, you sleep and you arrive. I actually watched the stage number 11 of the Tour de France, the amazing one, because I was busy doing something else. I could not watch it. I watched it in the train. People, what the hell happened there? It was so cool. And uh, yes, we arrived here pretty easy. I could walk from the station until the the location. And uh, sorry, I'm looking around because I have my first meeting in a tiny second, and I need to find out something. And uh, yeah, I arrived here. I mean, easy way to come here. Last year was way better just taking the train uh, with, sorry, taking the bike, arriving to the lake, the Constance Lake, and then cross it and you arrive to Constance and then you ride in a beautiful wine yards until Friedrichshafen. Here is a bit different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of people. And uh, ah, yeah, super nice thing. I arrived and I said, hi, people, uh, can I maybe print my ticket? No. This was the answer. Anyways, I'm going to find for the, uh, the press and the media side so I can actually maybe there ask a bit more. I can see that here, Bikes, E-Bikes, Publisher, Blogger Base. I'm going to go there after my first meeting. My first meeting that I late at, I'm not going to tell you where it's going to be, but as soon as I'm going to find some cool people I'm going to interview, as soon as I find some cool things, I'm going to let you know. I think it's going to be a bit of a messy episode today, but we're going to have fun. I'm going to have fun. You as well, for sure. The sound is super amazing. What do you think, Sander? Yeah, I love the vibe. I love the sound. It's really uh, good for a uh, Friday afternoon drink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Should we take a beer? Uh, yeah, why not? Okay, because you're leaving. You're taking a train. Yeah. That's why not. Yeah, we. You need a beer on the train. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, introduce yourself a tiny second, and then I want to ask you something about the trade show. So I'm Sander. I run a cycling marketing and event agency called Cycling Connection, and I run a platform called CyclingDestination.cc, where I was. I think I guessed twice because we made one interview, right? And you had to make it to split it into two because we talked for four hours. Uh, yes, you're correct. So, and I think I still have one left in the bag. So, we... really? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, with you, there's always more. <laughs> always, yeah. always. Sandra, I want to ask you that. So, you came coming here a bit more interested, not really on selling a product, but a bit more sharing the culture of cycling. How did you see the show in this known location? How are people reacting? The first Eurobike after, I mean, the first real Eurobike after COVID. What's what's going on? How is it? Well, for a lot of people, it seems like it's going back to normal. So, uh, uh, but uh, I guess a lot of people have put their walking shoes on because of the huge amount of space that is uh, that is used for the fair. And uh, yeah, the reaction seems to be. Uh, 
Yeah, pretty good. Uh, people are enthusiastic to meet again, to mingle again, to share ideas again. And yeah, of course, some people are still happy to show a lot of bikes. <laughs> but yeah, there is uh, there there is there's enthusiasm and there's excitement, so that's cool. I want to ask you another thing. Can you see a trend that is pretty common here this year? Cargo bikes. <laughs> Where are they? I want to check one. I need one for Camillo. Uh, well, you can check one in uh, Hall 8 and also on the uh, the Messe Gelände where you can uh, <laughs> where you can test one. But uh, yeah, I think other trends are. There's a trend for gravel. I see some tourism things coming on, and also there you see some more competition on the online cycling thing. There's a. I saw a new one from uh, back from the UAE. They're in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I think they're in 11 or so. There's like an area where they have that. That sounds pretty cool. That's super nice. Uh, I just want to ask you a quick question. Riding. You have been here already for three days. Have you ride the bike? No, the, my bike is still in the mess that is Schiphol Amsterdam. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay, okay. Okay, that's pretty weird, but it's fine. It's completely fine. No, that's good. I think I'm gonna have another walk around here and I'm gonna see, yeah, what I can see. But basically, I didn't see anything from this morning. Oh, you didn't see anything? I basically just met people. I think the trade show made for meeting people. Oh, yeah, well, there's plenty of things to see. And uh, if I have one recommendation, uh, um, yeah, just, just head over to the outside area and there's uh, plenty of bikes to touch, people to meet, and probably a beer to grab, so that's great. I want to ask you the last thing, because you are in the cycle tourism, discovering new geo areas or whatever, what's the future there? For sure, gravel is opening up a lot of things. What's the future there? Where shall we go to ride our bikes? Uh, well, there's two places we definitely should go. One, northern Greece, that's going to be hot and happening for gravel, for sure. And the other one is, um, we need to talk Calabria. We need, and you know, we need to talk Calabria. Yes, so. yes, yes. It's everything written in the article. I think that, yeah, Sander and I, we need to find a way to make an event in Calabria for gravel riding. Yes. We're going to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, if it's not 2023, it's going to be the year after. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're going to, the groundwork is laid, so to say. <laughs> That's also, thanks a lot, Sander. Yeah, you too. Arrivederci, amico. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. I know that you are writing a message, but I want to ask you a couple of questions. Yes, I know it. I want to disturb you. So I'm here with two, uh, no, 8,000 watts. How do you say it in German? Uh, 8,000 watts. Exactly. Tell me your name, though. There is a wasp. And uh, my name is Julien, Julien Riganti. Uh, most of the people know me as 8,000 watts. And uh, yeah, now we are at the Eurobike. And uh, let's go. Uh, how many hours did you sleep? Oh, there is John doing silly things over there, by the way. Oh, yeah, now he's making hopefully the backflip or the photos. Or the I hope he's not gonna die. Or the adjustment <laughs> of the tires, just setting the tires. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to ask you so, you said that actually you were at Alpeduets. What were you doing at Alpeduets? Uh, yeah, I was working uh, again for the Tour de France, and I just arrived this morning from Alpe d'Huez, sleep two hours, and uh, was working for Bora. Uh, they have a big uh, stage, fan zone, and actually we want to do it last year, but with Corona and everything, Col du Galivier was closed. So this year it works, super weather, fantastic weather. It was amazing weather. An amazing stage. An amazing stage. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I was doing there for, uh, for music, the, the music, and some moderation, and yeah. 
maybe the right question that I can ask you is, who are you? Who I am? Yeah, yeah actually, um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, uh, I have uh, different uh, faces, perhaps. No, I like, I like cycling. I started cycling 10 years ago. Uh, in Germany and I saw the German cycling industry and I was like oh the, the culture in Germany and I was ah, it's not not me so I make my own style with 8000 watt it was a joke just uh, yeah to, to build up a, a brand about uh, cycling road cycling gravel but also looking on the right and on the left side because back in the days I was working for the Tour de France ASO 2017-19 for Continental 2021 for Continental and uh, Hans Krohe and a lot of uh, friends of mine are professionals like Niels Pollitt, uh, Rick Zabel, with him I have also the coffee and uh, also with uh, the, the female cyclist like uh, Teresa Schwenk mm -hmm. and yeah and I just want to show the other side of professional cycling and also amateur cycling because this is really important because the professional are professional they have their business but also the amateur or the, the kids who want to be professionals important in Germany yeah. with all the history in cycling you know it Uh, and um, yeah, so the, the the brand grows up in the in the last years, and this was not my uh, how it's called. It was not uh, not my um, expansion, or how do, how do you say like a expansion? I think it's uh, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. just uh, but from this uh, joke, there's come a, yeah uh, uh, the, the the brand going bigger and bigger and. Uh, Starting like the interviews and uh, making the reportings from the from the big and the small races, if it's Paris Roubaix or like the Deutschland Tour, and uh, yeah, back in the days I was working in a, in a, in a uh, agency for for brand building, like offline and online. Yeah. Then uh, I start uh, in an art school because they asked me. Do you want to come? I said, yeah, why not? Why not? Um, with my diploma, I just finished it one month ago. And uh, yeah, and on the side, I do actually brand building for other brands, like also a lot in the music industry. And then, yeah, four years ago with 8000 Watt coming bigger and bigger, I make my merch, my coffee, some CBD oil, some stuff to, you know, to that the cycling going to be cool. Now, in my opinion, it starts to be cool again, the, 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 the road cycling. And um, yeah. That's uh, what I do, and helping other brands to be cool. I want to ask you two questions, because I know that you have to do your podcast now. Yeah, in four minutes, so I have only yeah. two questions. The first question is, you said music yes. and cycling. cycling. They are in common for you, for sure, but how they are in common in your mind? Because um, all my friends are producers and DJs, and I was working a long time in the famous house club Robert Johnson, doing the visuals so uh, I hear a lot of uh, electronic music since I'm 14 years old and cycling in my opinion and music or electronic music it's the same because you have like this kind of BPMs beats per minute and in cycling you have you also need to find your your rhythm and uh, yeah and I think uh, in my opinion it's it's a match And uh, the response of my followers are big about the music. I have a Spotify playlist with over, I don't know, 4,500 likes. Wow. And there are labels who send me 
uh, music to want to get in this playlist. And I say, yeah, when it's okay, okay. But since now, I never found good labels who sent me music. <laughs> so I only take the, the labels for my friends. And uh, yeah, and I think uh, it's a good combination also for the cyclist to show them, okay, what's also for music on the right and on the left side. I don't know if I want to go riding the bike with you or go clubbing with you, but probably that's something that we need to decide. We can do the both, but uh, yeah, now with clubbing it's difficult. I think the last three years everything was closed. And if I you say COVID, I have to drop a coin into the COVID jar. <laughs> and so say COVID. Uh, COVID. That's awesome. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, I was uh, a friend of mine, Francesco Delgada, one of my favorite DJ from uh, my favorite DJ and also from Italy. Uh, he was playing in the Panorama Bar like six weeks ago. I was there; it was nice. But for me, I was like, hey, I was feeling like it's my first party in my life. I don't get in the rhythm. After five or six hours, I was in the rhythm, but then I was I get tired, <laughs> so I, I leave it the party. But yeah. But uh, I'm cycling, I'm open, open for it. Exactly. I mean, it's a matter of training. It's like cycling, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 sure, sure. There are a lot of uh, good amateur cyclists who are really good uh, uh, in, 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 in cycling. Uh, and back in the days, they was making a lot of party. Also from this uh, long-distance rider, I know it. A lot of them like to do party, like the after hours. And then I say, yeah, for sure, now you know why they can cycle three hours but because they know how to train the body for a long time <laughs> absolutely absolutely last thing that i want to ask you a eurobike your eurobike yes why were you here i know why i don't care i want to care what did you find here that really blew your mind or you were just like me into meetings for the full day uh for me it's the first time at the eurobike here in frankfurt i'm from frankfurt but now i live in berlin And amazing city what amazing city yes not for cycling <laughs> no that's why i left <laughs> in my opinion now you have really great nature around uh, berlin but there is nothing uh, i live in zurich now so i can say berlin can be improved <laughs> yes yes but you have a nice cycling community that's, that's a that's a really they they're really uh, positive they are they're pushing the watts and uh, yeah there's a big big cycling community And yeah, Eurobike, first time here. Today um, I was working for Shimano Germany. Tomorrow we have uh, a race here, the Bembelkrit, with uh, some friends. Starts tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Uh, different kinds of uh, races, women and boys. Crit, uh, fixed, um, everything. Yeah, and we will see how it works because it's the first time that you have a race at the Eurobike in the Eurobike, not 10 kilometers away from the Eurobike. So, yeah, this is uh, why I'm here. And Sunday we have, a, with Shimano, I have a um, little gravel session with the bikes. Yeah. So you're going to record a podcast now? That's why I'm leaving you? How is the name of the podcast? Where we can find it? Uh, you can find it on Spotify and I hope Apple Podcasts will be synced. Uh, it takes time, I know. If you want some good stories about that, let's talk in private. It needs some time. Needs some time. Yeah, we just started the podcast uh, last week, but it's called 8000 Hertz. And uh, it's the, uh, after one podcast is on the top, top 10 of German spot podcasts. So it was really good feedback. The plan was to start it like one year before, but you know how it is. You have a lot of projects. You need the time. 
even when you do it with another uh, friend, so two people, it's also uh, some, uh, how it's called, uh, organization. Yeah, and uh, in some minutes I start the second show. That's super awesome. Good luck. Thank you. It was a great pleasure. Ciao, ciao. Okay, ciao, ciao. Bye. So I was walking basically around this super secret event that I don't understand so much and I find somebody else who cannot understand so much about it. Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, I think he's right anyways. He was making also some interesting jokes. I didn't get them all though. No, I didn't get any of the jokes. You know, How are you doing, Cody? So, I'm doing well. You know, some some old German jokes about, you know, crazy German bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go too deep into the conversation. Probably understood that not super politically correct joke, but it's not good to put it on record. <laughs> yeah, it's best. Best to just stay uninvolved and look at the cool, weird old bikes from the 90s to the, you know, now. It's super nice. So, Cody, I wanted to ask you, uh, where are we? That's a good question. I don't really know. I mean, we're at your bike, but... Somehow it's not in Frederikshafen where it's supposed to be and it's in the middle of some weird uh, city. Uh, so I guess we're in Frankfurt. Yes. I mean, I heard a lot of complaints about it, not complaints, comments about it. How do you feel with the Eurobike moving in this location? I mean, it's better. It's like it's come on. It's a total. It's a pain in the ass, but it's better. It's definitely sure that like it's really nice to to be walking in a group of uh, hundreds of cycling industry, whatever folks walking instead of uh, sitting in traffic jam in cars, which is always completely stupid. And so, sure, it takes like, you know, 15 minutes once you walk in to figure out where in the world you are. But it's, yeah, it's, it's nicer. Like, you know, I took a train here. Like, you don't take a train to Friedrichshafen. I'm guessing... I go with a bike to Friedrichshafen. Yeah, but no, but like from where? Like From Zurich. Yeah, exactly. You have to ride... For me, it was better. Yeah, but you're riding completely from Zurich. It's not like you are riding from someplace close. <laughs> You know, and like, so where's your, where's your, where your clothes for a week? Or, you know, it's not so easy. And here, I got out of a train, I walked 10 minutes to a place that I could get a hotel that is sure it's kind of nondescript and it's not as cool as the Apple Orchard I used to sleep in. But then I walked 10 minutes from there to here and, you know, it's, it's much more chill. You know what? The point is that I probably don't appreciate it enough because it's, it looks like it's, we are working. Yeah, no, it is. It's definitely working. It, it feels like you're, you know, people are saying it feels like you're in an airport because they have all the moving sidewalks horizontally. Um, but, uh, you know, it's whatever. It's nice. It's, it's, better than, it's better than fighting in traffic. It is. It is. I want to ask you just one question, Corey. Did you see something that blew you away? Something new? Something that you said, wow? Uh... Uh, you know, the, it's, a, it's all little innovation stuff this time. You know, there's a really cool hub from Qvist that's like uh, DT Swiss Star Ratchet, but then they put a second DT Swiss Star Ratchet on the other side and offset it, and that's cool. I mean, it's a super simple idea, but you get twice the engagement with the same durability. That seems cool. I love that Celitalia is trying to tell you that the coolest new thing they have is a 3D printed saddle that costs 400 euros but it's actually at the same time their coolest product is next to it and they have a 50 euro saddle that's like high performance saddle it's made in Italy it's made they say the, the farthest part made from their headquarters is 12 kilometers and it's you know there's no waste there's no glue it's you know sure it's an extra 100 grams but you get a product that is like, you know, that someone can actually buy and afford. Like, I don't, I don't have any 400 euro saddles because that's just kind of dumb. But, I know what you mean. But they introduced this new 50 euro 
uh, eco-friendly saddle. They sent it to me, and I'm like, oh, I already have it because it's also an OEM saddle. And I already was riding a test bike that had it and didn't even say it on it because it's just cheap and easy to get to, but it's still high performance. That's super awesome. I mean, yes, I know what you mean, exactly what you mean. So how long are you staying here, and did you have time to ride the bike? <laughs> no, I rode one of those sketchy scooters of death. Uh, I, you know, we had I think I need to use it now to get the train. Yeah, yes. I'm kind of afraid of them, but you know, you get on it and you're like, this is terrible, terrible, and I'm like, ooh, why doesn't it go faster? You know, so lime lime scooters are horrible. I hate them. They're bad for the, uh, you know, pedestrians. But it's also kind of fun and terrifying to go to ride it. So no, no bikes. I'll get on a bike on when I get home. That's perfect. When are you going back home? I go home tomorrow. So Saturday. I've been here since Tuesday. I had a really good walk around Tuesday before the show opened. That was actually very helpful because it is chaos here. It is, you know, trying to figure out multiple levels where you have to go down a level to go across a bridge to go up to the next level to get to the place that's literally just next door. So it's a bit of a mess. But, um, yeah, you know, it's it's all... We're, we were all familiar with where everybody was every year in Fredrikshafen, so it was easy and we were lazy. And so I booked appointments that were not next to each other. And Same thing. I know better now. Yeah. So hopefully it's not in a different place next year. Let's see. Uh, and if it's here again, it's cool. I'm down with it. That's super awesome. Thank you, Cody. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, a uh, long-time guest of this show, I mean, of the Broom Wagon, is John, John Woodruff. Hey. Today we're going to talk, as usual, as some trade show and stuff. But actually, first of all, I have to say, John, thanks a lot for being here. And it's super, super, super pleasure all the time to talk with you, even if we didn't talk at all during the Eurobike. Yeah, briefly. We did We did see each other. Um, <laughs> Hugging there, and there that's it. M- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we like, we were, I recall, like we went upstairs to the trend lounge from Foshtiel together, I believe, mm. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. How was it, by the way? Because yeah. I had to leave after five minutes. I had my, I almost lost my train, oh, by the man. way. I would, I would say actually, that's a great place to start. Um, there are a year or two in the past years that I've missed the trend lounge and felt really bad. Uh, I always get invited. Uh, I'm still, still waking up here. Invited <laughs> <laughs> by uh, Gunnar and David from Foshtiel. I think I'm biased because uh, my claim to fame is I'm the first. Um, subscriber to Farshtiel outside of Germany. This was like back to like 2010 or mm. something like that. So I am biased, but the trend lounge is always amazing because they have this crazy collection of bikes and it's like current trends and old trends, maybe old trends that are coming back and they lay them all out. And it's kind of like a chronological like development for, you know, I mean, people are always talking about cool innovations and Gunnar does a good job of saying like, well, actually in 1992, they were already doing this or something. And then he has like these crazy examples um and it's a good chance for me to practice my german which i'm doing throughout the show anyway but one special aspect for this year is i had my son otto with me who i used to speak german to before we spoke dutch together so i was interpreting all the funny jokes uh that gunnar was making about all the weird bikes that they were showing but and because i don't know that'll be a theme today the venue changed it used to be the trend lounge was in some kind of murky like cave conference room in some corner of the Messe Friedrichshafen building. One year they did have a mini velodrome in the room that you would unfold a Brompton and race Bromptons on. Also they put cargo bikes on it. They were like racing each other on cargo bikes on a velodrome in the room, which was insane. 
Um, but this year we were on a roof with like the Frankfurt skyline and, and there was like a jazz band playing. So uh, you never, you really never know what's going to happen. I mean, it was, yeah, it was really a cool thing being there. And uh, I mean, also, yeah, Farstil, they are really, really good. When I was living in Berlin, I was pretty often actually meeting and talking with them. It's super cool. I mean, yeah, they're really taking Absolutely. out a lot of history of cycling and it's exactly the cycling that I believe both you and I are really following in our best way. I mean, the exploration part, the experience part, the enjoying part of cycling with so not so much after that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's super great. Well, uh, this was for sure a highlight, right? Tell me more about your highlights. Well, well, it's only been a few days ago, uh, so it still feels a little bit like a blur. Mm. Um, I'd say highlights, if I try to look back towards the beginning of the show um we found a nice place to stay that was only maybe like three or four kilometers from the show so like riding in with the team is always a highlight i mean this year was unique for me also because my stepson Braden, and my son otto came along so like we're joking they were like our little interns so like they kind of just like mobbed the city the first day hitting like skate parks and stuff wow but would ride in with us the second two days which was really cool so my son got to meet sam pilgrim uh danny mccaskill the, the second day he was there so those were some highlights. The second day after the show, uh, there was a ride put on by the Gravel Club, uh, you know, Felix and Sasha. Hi, Felix. Um, Hi, Sasha. You are great. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the ride, like the route, I think that's kind of one thing, because we'll talk more about it also, like the difference between like having the show in Frankfurt or Friedrichshafen. I was like, oh, man, like I was missing like that riding around the Bodensee. And I can I can genuinely say the route that we did. I unfortunately missed the ride on the first day. That was my, not my intention, but it left pretty early. And I was at the Richie party at the Cosmic booth, and I was meeting so many people I hadn't seen in so long. <clears throat> I wasn't ready to like immediately jump out the door and uh, jump on my bike, so I missed the first ride. But the ride the second day was definitely a highlight, and I'd say third. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the too cheesy of an answer, but it was just so awesome to see so many people at the show. And, and ultimately, I think the culmination of that, um, we had a dinner with Bregan from Crane Communications. And throughout like the first two days, I was like, what are you doing on the, I get all my days confused, but it was the second day of the show. I guess that was a Wednesday or Thursday. I don't know. But I, think I invited it was Thursday. Kind of like, Thursday. Thursday. So yeah. I invited, yeah, it was Thursday. I invited just like everyone. And originally we had a reservation for 20 people, uh, but it ended up being around 30. So we had the like, customers, friends, um, friends of Bregan's, who I mostly also knew, like Felix Kakao was also there. People that I ran into at the show, like uh, I believe it's like um, an employee of PR.co, Anna. I think it's her cousin. Like he's from Ecuador. His name is Pedro. <laughs> okay. But I ran into him. I ran into him at the show and like him and his girlfriend were there. So just like we had this 30 person two tone crank dinner. Uh, and that was mega because like it's like anything else. Like if you're throwing an event or a party and people are like, oh, I'm sorry, I have this other plan versus you're throwing an event and a party and people are like, Oh yeah, I was going to do that, but I'm going to cancel that other thing and I'm going to come to yours. Mm. I think we crossed that, that point where, um, and it was just, it was so amazing. And there was so much overlap. There was someone with a bike shop from Tel Aviv there that I hadn't met. And uh, of course, uh, David from, from Farstil was there and it just created this 
serendipity where like so many people met and spoke in a chill way at a dinner um, that they had never would have meet, met each other at the show. So I think um, the dinner maybe was the biggest, like almost like a, a career highlight for me. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Man, do you want me to feel bad? Because I had to skip it because I arrived only on Friday morning and there was you and Guy that were trying to, oh, why don't you come? I oh, Come on, come. You can also crush in our sofa. Come on, come. And I couldn't because I was actually driving my car from Torino, uh, from another event that you're going to be part of. Maybe we're going to talk about that another time and uh, to Zurich. And then I didn't have really the, any, any still of energy to actually get the well, train and come. Yeah, over. we should, we should just plan it more. No, 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 no. Because time. otherwise <laughs> it didn't make so much sense. And I think that this was the magic also because I saw a photo or a video of you scouting around from a chair and you ended up sitting on a throne i would say it was like a throne yeah well the the place <laughs> i don't know why it's cringe but it is a weird name of the restaurant like the african queen maybe it is just fancy i don't know but it's ethiopian food which i really love like uh, one of the gift certificates i got from my friend daniel lescott that works at super 73 who i only saw at the show because I, as i was riding back from that second evening uh, gravel ride before our dinner I saw him on the street, and that happened several times. I saw two guys from Wahoo. I saw my friend Ben Hilsen, who now works at Canyon. And like on the ride back to the show, I saw people walking away from the show, some people that I wouldn't have otherwise seen, like Daniel. But he and his wife gave uh, – my wife, Christy, and I uh, gave a certificate to an Ethiopian place in Amsterdam, so we kind of knew what to expect. But at any rate, like I said, we like took up the whole terrace with like 30 people, and they were out of chairs. So I went inside to look for another chair, and they had these like thrones. Maybe it was the queen's throne. And she was like, yeah, take that outside. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I brought out this giant chair and it definitely was like one of those um, Instagram moments for sure. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. funny. Well, I'm going to give you from my side only one highlight because, I mean, there were too many, but one highlight was the amazing draft beer from Czech Republic at the WTB booth. I was there because I did to talk with one guy, with James. And uh, actually on the way there, I confused James with another person that is also another friend of mine, Josh. I didn't see, I, I have been not seeing him for ages. Oh, wow, yeah. And then I stopped with James, uh, we stopped with Josh and I said, uh, are you James? Are you crazy, Stefano? I'm Josh, how are you doing? And then I moved after that to the WTB booth and I talked about actually, yeah, some uh, little storytelling and stories that we can do. And then straight away, James told me, it's five o'clock, do you want a beer? Only if it's a good one. I mean, we brought it from draft, on draft, directly from Czech Republic. Give me some. And then there I also met Andre uh, from Chimbar. I mean, Andre, we all know him. And this was probably the best highlight. I arrived there straight away, bumped into a party. And then after that, I came with my beer. Man, that's epic. I missed that. The WTV booth was right next to Old Man Mountain and, and Spur Cycle. Um, and somehow I did run into Andre over and over again like that's another thing that's kind of incredible is like the show this year was huge and like the halls were spread out everywhere but there was like a handful of people i'd say specifically andre that i would like keep running into all over the place <laughs> i was like also it was exactly the same for me andre just arrived straight away out of nothing because i didn't know that he even was there so he just arrived and said Ha, huh, can I have a beer? Then I said, Andre, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> Scouting for beers. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I can't speak speak for him, but I think um, he was, uh, you know, 
promoting the Bohemian Border Bash yeah. race and Border Bash weekends. And I think it's become quite a phenomenon. And I think I'm allowed to say, maybe this is like some kind of announcement, maybe you know it already, but he's doing one in Spain. Also. I know it. He's also changing the name of everything because he needs to sit down the different names. But now this one in, in Spain, what do you think about that? I think it's going to be great. I think it's brilliant. I mean, it's like... Um, before we hit record for this conversation, we're speaking initially, like there are so many events, like my company's involved in doing an event and people sometimes like to do their own thing maybe, but I would say myself included, if you get invited or if you know, if your friends are doing something somewhere and it gives you like the inspiration or motivation to go to a location and you know that uh, there's a place to camp, the route is sorted. There's going to be food and like, you know, your other friends are going to be there and everything. I think there's so much demand for that. And if you already have a reputation for doing it, um, maybe eventually like it'll hit the ceiling of what, um, you know, like the demand and, and like whatever demographic it is, I'd say mostly now it's gravel. Uh, maybe there'll be like some limit to it, but I think it's awesome, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think, I think that he loves it and he has a lot of support and brands that just believe in what Andre's doing. Uh, I could imagine he maybe does have to change the name because like we've also been involved with like BBB projects and I think it was yeah. kind of cool that BBB got involved with BBB, but, uh, yeah, maybe we need to switch it up a little bit. It's okay. I think it's going to stay BBB <laughs> anyways. Um, can I just ask you yeah. quickly one thing you were mentioning on something that you're going to be involved in organizing event and stuff. Do you want to give us something like a little sneak peek on it? I know that it's in the amazing fanzine that you're bringing to all your events. So I think it's something uh, public. Yeah. So it's, it's called whereabouts. Yeah. Um, and I know that's kind of like uh, reminiscent of the thereabouts thing. Uh, there's a story behind that actually but the the name um whereabouts was came from like effectively the the founder of the idea of, of the event uh his name is bart sewer from docs records which is like a 25 year old jazz record label in amsterdam and i'd gotten to know him like via via uh, i mean ultimately bikes but also music like we might do jazz nights with uh, artists on the label at our office, Workspace 6 in Amsterdam in the coming coming months, which could be pretty cool. Um, but he knew of this hotel and music studio in the Ardennes called DAF Studios. And they already did some bike events, but they have like a glamping, camping thing in the back. And they just have like this awesome location. Uh, so Bart and I met up there and we did some rides around there. But ultimately the idea is to do like a, a gravel festival, but actually more of like a music festival with bikes. Uh, we tried to do it this summer. I think we probably could have done like a little pilot version, but we tabled it. Uh, and so it'll be next summer, 2023. But if you look up whereabouts, uh, I believe that it's whereabouts.cc is the URL. But if you look up whereabouts on Instagram, there's only one post we got several people hyped about it this summer, but we, like I said, we postponed it to next summer. I think it's going to be rad. I mean, cause it's going to be all kinds of music and ama amazing riding um, there in the Ardennes, which is actually right on the border of, of Germany where I am right now in the Eiffel. Yeah. I mean, I'm checking right now on the Instagram, but anyways, I'm going to do it later and put a link down below, but it sounds already amazing. I mean, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. I mean, and I don't have a full list of, um, musicians that record a daft but uh you know certainly like french and belgian musicians but also like um 
Stephen Malcolmus, if you know this name, and like it's just it's world class. So I think we we could have the potential to book some cool names for next year uh, of like you know local local musicians, but also maybe potentially a big name. Uh, also, Mira is gonna is gonna play or not? Who's gonna play? Mira, your daughter. Ah, <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, um, she played live on the radio with mm. me and Kike's uh, show, Mechanics of Joy. Um, we did record something briefly there yesterday, but not like in an official, like fancy way. It was just kind of cool to play music there in the studio. Um, I think she could. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, okay. With like a band. I just wanted to drop the idea. You can pick it up. And I think I've thought about it. Yeah. No, totally. And like then this November, Two Tone is turning eight years old, and we've uh, always had music at our parties when we could have them. Granted, in twenty and twenty one, we couldn't. Um, but you know, if Mira could play for the two tone party, that would be awesome as well. Yeah, just let me know if you're gonna have as well as usual some uh, how would you call it something like um, tattoo uh, artists also making. I would some like play. to have yeah, certainly. Um, do you know this meme? This this kid that like loves the um, what is what is it called? Komodo dragons, where he's like, absolutely, definitely, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. If you search uh, recess therapy, okay. And Komodo dragons. There's this little kid. Uh, Komodo dragon, I know what you mean, but okay, let me write it down. So this, okay, recess. Recess therapy. And it's this guy in New York that like interviews kids on the, on the, on the playground. Yeah. And like, and just ask them questions. And there's this kid that like loves Komodo dragons. So now when people ask me something and I'm like, absolutely, definitely. Yeah. That's like what, uh, or actually, actually, definitely, yeah. That's what the kid says. So actually, actually definitely, yes. yeah. There will be tattoos at our party. Um, at least two people tattooing. There will be live music. There will be a food truck. Um, and we ha we went two years without throwing a two-tone party. And, you know, we're turning eight years old. It's kind of amazing. That's amazing. It's super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's get back on track. Otherwise, I can't think we can uh, really talk about everything forever. And I want actually to leave it's it to true. your kids at a certain point because, I mean, you have serious business to take care of. And it's your kind of resettlement vacations and uh, putting stuff together. Yeah, it's fine. No, they're they're uh, being super patient. And then we're going to venture out into yeah. uh, Manchau where we're staying. And we're going to explore the city. That's awesome. The town, the village. Yeah. So highlights we talked about. Uh, tell me something that you found kind of meh kind of meh man i'll tell you i i wish i knew a good and again like the word meme account or like some kind of thing but like something i've always been critical of in like uh city design is like um well frankfurt really can't do anything about it i think they suffered the fate so many cities did but it's like such a car centric city mm -hmm. that like riding your bike to the show was kind of intense Uh, if you came to like the main, which is what I think Google Maps thought was the main entrance of the show, I think maybe it is, um, but you couldn't really lock your bikes there. So they're like, no, 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 with bikes, you have to go around the corner. And then there was a lot of bike parking where the Strassenbahn or the U-Bahn thing went over the main street, if you saw that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was complicated. And then yeah. to, to get in with the bikes, you had to go on the other side of the Mesa. And the Mesa, I don't even know how many like square kilometers this thing was. But then like, There's like the gerbil shoots, like the tunnels between buildings. And then there's like all of this weird urban infrastructure and design that was like almost designed by like robots. It wasn't like really made for humans. And I don't think there's anything 
that anybody can do about it right now. It's going to take like a generation to, to change it, but um, it just felt, it felt strange being there on your feet because it wasn't designed for people that were walking, <laughs> even though it was a trade show. Yeah. And I think they certainly did the best. They did the best that they could. And I understand why Frankfurt makes so much sense with the airport and also driving from other countries and there's a million advantages. So like logically it makes total sense. It's just, if you either were on a bike or if you were walking and you were somewhere and you needed to be somewhere else, certainly on the outside of the show, but definitely inside of the show, it was so difficult uh, to get around. And I don't know, I don't know if the solution is. And I think it was just uh, difficult because it was everyone's first time there. Like now I know how to get from hall 12 to 12.1 pretty easily, but the first few times I didn't. And everything was well marked once you were in the show. It's just, uh, let's say at the main entrance, they should have had more bike parking. That's my last <laughs> my criticism, maybe. Because ultimately, you want people to be riding to bikes to the bike show. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, I was thinking about, while you were talking, I was thinking about an opportunity there. Why not next year? I think that anyways, the contract was signed for several years, so it's going to be in Frankfurt next year. Why don't we just organize kind of a one one of those urban cross events? So instead of actually going out and doing some uh, races or exploring ride in the city, urban cross, we're going to do it directly into the Messe, so into the building into the trade show place so it's going to be a urban exploration of the trade show on the bike and maybe we can put something like ramps and stuff it makes sense yeah i mean i saw i actually did see like um bikes that were badged or like painted like they had um markings on the bike that they were for the trade show staff so there were people that were getting around on bikes in the trade show um I think there's something to that. Like, it's almost like, you know, maybe, maybe it's swap feats or it's somebody, but like there should be a bike share in the show. And as soon as I think, I think about that, then I understand why it wouldn't work because, uh, one of my first meetings was, um, it's actually a fellow Italian, uh, Francesco Sala. Do you know Fran? No. From dreamer, dreamer cycling. No. Um, but he started working with a Bulgarian e-bike brand called Econic. And uh, he introduced me and I had a meeting with them. It was one of my first meetings um, on the first day. And they're like, yo, do you want to ride one of the bikes? And I was like, sure. So then they had the test track outside, which rode along the dirt jumps you saw outside. And everything. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, the outdoor demo area was a lot better than I thought. When I was looking at the map, I was like, well, this is like one alley. <laughs> like, what happens here? Yeah. Um, and it was quite urban. That's okay. But... Ultimately, it was a pretty big loop that you could ride. I don't know if you rode a test bike out there or not. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Well, I, I did, but then the joke the joke was, one, uh, you were supposed to have a bracelet, which I didn't have, but I was having a meeting with the brand. And they were just like, take this bike. So I didn't go like register, so the I didn't have the proper thing. And then it's an e bike test track, so like everyone's like just gunning, it, and they're like there to like feel what the bike can do ultimately. But then uh, I could joke because I also lived in, in Germany uh, as a teenager. But I mean, you know this, everything in Germany can be like quite strict. I always joke about like this phrase, like, so was macht man nicht. Like, you just don't do that. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, like, I'm like having a blast on the bike. I tested two of their bikes. And uh, there's all these guys and like, and ladies in red vests telling everybody to go slow. And it's like, langsam bitte, langsam bitte. And it's like, well, is there a second? 
this is a test track <laughs> for e-bikes and all these people they're like the hall guards at school or whatever that are like telling the kids not to run or like not to whatever and it's like it's such a like a hopeless job so then they were trying to tell me to slow down and i wasn't going crazy i was going as fast as everybody else because these things have speed limits anyway the bikes but then i didn't have my bracelet so i felt like i was like dodging these security guards so i can only imagine if someone if people were using bikes to get around the show yeah they wouldn't have the right accreditation or the right badge someone would grab the wrong whatever and then there would be people throughout the show telling everybody not to ride <laughs> so fast. Yeah. So we'd have to we'd have to think about it, but I think it could be cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's think about that. I'm gonna tell you on the other side what was the math thing, and it's like really related to to what you're saying. I mean, I arrived first thing at ten o'clock in the trade show, so in the location and the venue of the event, and you know what they find what they found? A huge pile of this electric scooter rental electric scooter sharing electric scooter whatever it is and they thought okay people i can understand it's still mobility it's still probably clean mobility but come on we are the trade show about bikes with the biggest probably in europe are we coming oh, yeah, all there with the scooter that's embarrassing for sure and i know there's a lot of overlap and i think you and i would be boomers if we tried to it's almost like I could say, and I'm with you, so don't get me wrong, but it's like when e-bikes started showing up, and I think probably e-bikes showed up at Eurobike before anywhere else. Um, my first Eurobike was 2011, and I don't recall specifically, but probably because I like turned my eyes away from them, that there was e-bikes then, and now it's, it's maybe the biggest aspect. Yeah. So I think that coming from the Netherlands, that they call those like kick step like scooters it typically means like um like a vespa kind of thing but yeah e-kick step scooter like the um, yeah everyone knows what we're talking about the, the bike share scooters um it's a big thing in most cities and because so many people were traveling from elsewhere and they didn't have their bikes and there's not a bike share system that i know of in frankfurt because there is the one again, of the station cities. there is the one of the the deutsche bahn i don't remember the name of it yeah but, but then it's... i think to use the deutsche bahn uh, bikes you have to really be in the matrix and like be a German person that, or someone that lives in Germany. Okay. That knows how to use those. Yeah. I don't, I, I never have. <laughs> and like, I've been, I've been either living in or, you know, familiar with Germany for 20 years now. So I, I've never ridden one of the Deutsche Bahn bikes. Okay. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's like, it's almost like inevitable. It's like, there's, there's such a, expectation for in Amsterdam that those are going to, those are going to come on the scene and they, and they just are. And I know e-bike brands say like, um, even the companies that make the brains behind the bikes, like co-module, if you know this brand, it's like, yeah. So like I went to the co-module booth, there was a zero one bike there, a super 73, one of the cake, like motorcycles, essentially EE motorcycles. And I think it was bird, uh, scooter, but uh, people related to co-modules, I understand, also made their own um, scooter called Ike. So, like, why would you? Why would you not? And I think if you can fill in the blanks, like you said, it's mobility. But going back to the original point, if you show up to a bike show, and one of my nerdy things that I always love to do is look at the bikes of the people that rode to the bike show. Those are like the coolest bikes. Yeah. And if you show up and there's just like a 
orgy of scooters in the front <laughs> you're just like this isn't the party i wanted to show up to yeah unfortunately yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i know what you mean absolutely absolutely yeah um we touch base on that so let's dig a bit into that yeah Friedrich we Schaffen. agree yeah but but we can't avoid it ultimately i think yeah Friedrich Schaffen. Uh, sorry Friedrich Schaffen versus frankfurt <sighs> Yeah, I think I saw a funny story from Jürgen at Parallel Handbuilt. Uh, I think he's actually had done a takeover on the Sour Bikes Instagram, where it was like the he he did like kind of a a, a wry, um, uh, what's the word like sarcastic, but also earnest and, and honest, like quick like bullet point recap of of the show that was really funny. And I think that was his main point. Like everyone was like comparing. Um, Friedrichshafen to Frankfurt and like a lot of people had like, you know, romantic memories of Friedrichshafen and they like missed, you know, going along the Bodensee or the bike riding, like I was saying earlier. Um, but there were a lot of people that were like extolling the benefits of Frankfurt from like a logistics perspective. I mean, for me, I think it's just something you have to get used to. Like I went, I went to the party uh, that Wahoo put on at Massif Central. I don't know if you saw anything about that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the point is that I have, I was also invited there. I could not come. I feel so. I mean, not anymore. But it was like a super cool location. In like, a, I wish that my office, Workspace Six in Amsterdam, could be what that place is. Like it's like has a restaurant upstairs and it had like all these like ateliers and there's like this cool cycle cafe and like, mm. uh, unfortunately. I I also heard that the property had been purchased and will be and will be and will be demolished um Oof. at the end of the year. Oh, already. So it's very yeah, we were we were joking but it's sad but it probably will become like a H&M meets Starbucks combo with like condos on top or something. I mean, it's just like Ooh. unfortunately that's what's going to happen. So my point is Frankfurt has this counterculture scene, even like a messenger scene and like all these things that Uh, Friedrichshafen wouldn't have and there's certainly like an urban aspect that Friedrichshafen would never have and I think urban cycling cargo bikes and all that stuff are bigger than ever so again it's kind of like yeah party's over now we're in a place that's more um, efficient and uh, doable for, for so many brands and it's going to bring more people to the show I think we can be sad about missing Friedrichshafen. I do too, but there's, I think there's just more advantages than disadvantages for Frankfurt. And it was fun. It was fun to ride in the city, but again, on the negative side, the infrastructure there, uh, especially coming from the Netherlands, yeah. it hits you over the head, man. Cause the roads are like seven lanes wide and like, it was, it was intense. <laughs> yeah. Something that we can do actually try to avoid a bit. It. And anyways, I arrived with the train. You arrived with the train as well. Let's do that next year. Let's go. Let's try to go there with the bike. And so at least we're going to smooth up a bit more this thing. I remember that you were one of the pioneers, the person that was going to Friedrichshafen most of the time with the bike, at least from some locations. So, I mean, we can do the same thing with Frankfurt next year. Oh, absolutely! No, let's 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 make a deal on that for sure. Yeah, we, you and I rode together to Friedrichshafen last year. Yeah, it's two hundred two hundred k from Basel, and it's it was two hundred k from Munich. So let's go to some random city that's two hundred k to to Frankfurt and, uh, and make it happen. Let's do it. I mean, in this way, we can actually watering it a bit up, smoothing a bit up this uh, this kind of situation. Yep, yeah, make the make the make yeah. the most out of it. <laughs> 
Absolutely, absolutely. Last question that I want to ask you, and I mean, we have been talking also about that quite a bit, of how unique is Frank? I mean, Frankfurt is the Eurobike, especially this year that was in Frankfurt. How unique was Eurobike when it was in Friedrichshafen? In general, how unique is Eurobike in the spectrum of Europe? But what's the difference, in your opinion, between Eurobike and the other, uh, how would you call them, event, trade show, you know what I mean? I mean, this kind of space that is there. Yeah. I mean, it's always a mix because there's more. The biggest distinction for me is like a B2B show versus a B2C show. And some shows do have trade days and then have um, public days, uh, you know, in, in different countries. I think Eurobike reasserted, I think it's almost like print magazines and stuff where people are like, oh, print is dead or whatever. People like downplay certain things but like i think if if how busy the show was this year was any indication like people have to meet face to face you have to be able to feel and see and try the products like trade shows are always going to be a necessity and i think the 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 main distinction for eurobike is it's it's just the biggest there's people from all over the world and cycling is bigger than ever so if you're a big brand or a small brand and you feel like exhibiting or meeting people at a show i think so many of the biggest brands don't go because they do their own thing for their own retailers and their own interests they have the means to do that i think it's also an indication of, of the success in the cycling industry but i'd say 80 to 90 percent of the brands feel like they have to be there to interface with other brands and if you had to choose one it would be Eurobike. yeah and i i, I could imagine and i haven't read about this i want to do my own kind of recap of the show for our next newsletter but i can imagine it's only going to get bigger and i feel confident that's my impression that the mess of uh, mess of frankfurt could accommodate it i think eurobike outgrew the trade show venue in friedrichshafen and certainly for probably a decade <laughs> had outgrown friedrichshafen itself yeah. so um it's unique because it's it's so big um and there's just there's more that I think you could have a team of five people covering a completely different agenda um, over the course of the days as far as the talks and the events and the rides and everything. And you, you couldn't cover it. It's, it's incredible. So uh, the scale of it this year, especially when I started to wrap my head around it, it's impressive. It's it's like ultimately overwhelming if you're trying to to do everything. And then the difference between that and other shows, I think so many other shows have to have like a niche appeal um and then they're much more local um there certainly are international aspects but you know some of the the other shows that i like to go to like velo Folies in, in belgium and Kortrijk, it's like the show for for belgian uh for the belgian cycling market it's just unique kind of local slice of you know what the cycling industry is like in belgium those kinds of things um yeah that's yeah that's ultimately yeah that's ultimately i think it just depends on where where you're going i think it, there's some that i haven't been to like in copenhagen and, and elsewhere um they're just kind of like yeah, local uh, local shows 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, a little thing that I was uh, I was thinking about. Of course, you make actually pretty good uh, the difference between B two B and B two C and everything like that. But for example, there is a wannabe kind of Eurobike that is a bit more on the B two C part than in the B two B, and this is happening actually here in Switzerland in Zurich. It's called the Cycle Week, and something that I've been seeing missing missing in this show is uh, self. How would you say self organized bike ride? Because it seems like everything there is as to be or is organized by the organization so you have rides with uh, i don't know something like test rides with people or introduction to gravel introduction to mountain bike also organized by yeah by the full organization for from who by whom is on top of it plus there are for example rides with the um i mean icons and important person and yeah people of the on the industry and also in the sport but there's not something really capillary i mean uh, small niche into the industry and uh, yeah in the culture more than in the industry in the cultural side that is actually really moving up people to do something different and that's something that in Friedrichshafen uh, sorry in Frankfurt at the Eurobike it's happening so and also what's happening in Friedrichshafen so shops that are doing rides or whatever that are really just in the period of the show because cool people are going to show up then you mentioned as well um the the gravel club and the, the gravel collecting doing collective doing it and other people doing it these kind of little things little cultural and how would you say that something like really is not on the industry side but it's a bit more on yeah the but I think, side. I think there has to be there has to be like an incentive or uh, an initiative to facilitate that. And I think it depends on the philosophy of who's organizing the show. Cause some people that put on shows, like they want parties to pay to do something like that, or, you know, it's not officially part of the show or I've certainly seen it where people were like, Oh, this show is coming to town. Uh, we'll also do a ride. And then the organizer of the show is pissed that, the independent event is taking from the official show events. <laughs> so it does get quite political. I think it's good um, because then there's just more going on. Um, but I, I do understand how it could uh, frustrate the organizers if they don't, feel, if they feel like people are like co-oping their event, you know, like, Hey, we brought all these people here and then they're not coming to our official events. They're going to yours, but Whatever. I think I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I really, on the other side, understand that actually how and how cooler is if really, I mean, all the people that are around on the community, if the community is creating something new, it's going to be also beneficial for the show, right? So it's something like. For instance, I'll put it to you like this. Like, I missed the Eurobike party. Okay. Because we had we had the two tone and crank dinner. And I had friends like sending me videos or photos like from the Eurobike party. And I was really glad that I was at my dinner and not the Eurobike party. No offense. That's enough said. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. John, do you have, I mean, I would wrap it up, but I think that you want to say something more on the event, on the show, on anything else? Uh, yeah, just on the on the event thing. One last thing I would add of, um, well, one, one thing that I've learned with uh, my company is that we always book a slightly bigger place than we need. And then people always invariably are like, Oh, uh, they decide to come and they need a place to stay. And one of the people that surprised me this year was, um, Peter, uh, who used to build on the name dear Susan, but now he's running the bespoke handy bike show. Uh, and he was there to meet with some brands and ended up staying with us. I think two nights, at Eurobike, and 
It was kind of a fun surprise. And I felt good about it because we gave him a place to stay. We had Bromptons and the kids had taken, uh, we put the BMXs in the van, so we had like extra Bromptons. So we gave him a bike, a lock, a bed. Oh, <laughs> and he was wow. like, he was set up, but um, Bespoke will be in October, I think the weekend of like October 17th, uh, which is very unique compared to the other events that we were talking about because it is an emphasis on uh, independent builders. Historically, it was the UK Hemi Bike Show. I think he's trying to have builders from abroad uh, do it, kind of like moving from Friedrichshafen to Frankfurt. Uh, it moved from Bristol. It was in, in Harrogate, which is near York, which is also kind of random. It's going to be in London, uh, which you know would be the Frankfurt or, or Berlin uh, of, of England, which is so much easier to reach. I think for a lot of people in England, but certainly from elsewhere. So if you or other people um, would be going to Bespoked in October, I would say have it on your agenda. I think it's going to be awesome. It's actually going to be at the Lee uh, Lee Valley. I always get it confused because there's Lehigh Valley Velodrome in Pennsylvania, but there's Lee Valley in London. <laughs> but it's going to be at the Olympic Velodrome in London. So there'll be like bike events on the velodrome happening during the show because the show will be in the infield of, of the velodrome um and it's just it's just going to be awesome so that's i don't know of a bike show in august or september that i'm going but in october i'll be in london for bespoke oh, perfect perfect and you're also helping out on that right you're also involved as two tones there Lo loosely um i think early on when peter had like taken it over We were involved, um, and there's some stuff we've been doing in the background. Uh, we certainly, I mean, even with this plug right now, like I, I want to help it, but like currently not in like an official uh, capacity. Are we, are we helping? But Peter's a friend, and I've been to Bespoke every year that it's been happening since like 2014 that I can go. I certainly was canceled during Corona, and before that, I used to go to the North American Hemi Bicycle Show in the United States. So it's something I love. I love to do. Yeah, sorry, you said Corona. I had to drop one coin, and it's gonna go to Bike Higgies, the charity in Berlin who teaches refugee women to ride a bike. Sorry, it's my COVID jar. Oh, that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. No, but yeah, it's great to know. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been following through your social media bespoke since I mean now. 2016-17 So probably it's something Some that I would love to take part to, and probably I can put it in my agenda this year. Makes sense. Yeah, for the stuff that you like to do, like interviewing the people mm -hmm. there or the builders or like the community around it, it's it's pretty incredible. And yeah. then like I said earlier, checking out the bike parking at Bespoke, like the, all the weirdos that ride the crazy unique bikes to a handmade bike show, it's uh it's mega. <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm probably I'm gonna find there because now I'm completely we didn't talk about that, but um I'm completely in the situation where I would really, really, really want to get rid of my gravel bike. That is I mean it's super cool, it's an open up. Uh, but I would love to yeah. get something a bit more bespoke. I'm fed up of carbon. I probably I'm gonna keep only the carbon for my road bike, but probably my gravel adventure, even commuting. Now I find myself in the situation where I have to put the uh, a trolley uh, to bring Camilla around on my uh, carbon bike and all the time I feel probably don't feel comfortable on that so yeah probably there I'm gonna find yeah I, mean, project. I rode here on a Belinky tandem with all of the luggage for Christy me and three kids yeah on a steel tandem that was built in 2008 <laughs> exactly that's the thing that I would like to do I mean finding something that I can keep forever and I can use for 
everything. If we have to go real uh, at Eurobike next year, I can use that one. If I have to bring Camilo around for one week, let's say, for a little cycle adventure, I can do it. And all these kind of things, because I don't know, I don't want to be scared about carbon things, let's say. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cool. Uh, well, yeah, thanks thank a lot you. for the chat. And I mean, it was it was super unfortunate that we couldn't have this talk in person in front of a microphone like we were used to do many other times. Probably last one was at the Atlas Monte race, but it was anyways cool that we just hugged, just have a little catch up, and also not... yeah, it's gonna let the dust settle a little bit a few days later because like in the thick of it, it's like wow. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was super great. And then, yeah, I'm super, super happy that I've been talking with you. It's gonna, this episode is gonna go live in a couple of days, people. Anyways, uh, people that you are listening probably is already live. But it was super great to take your two cents on the show. And hopefully, we're gonna meet soon again. Thank you. Next month, even, actually. Yeah, it's true. I don't know if I'm gonna document it on records. Probably you're gonna take some photos there, though. Yeah, right? <laughs> no <laughs> <Okay>. spoiler. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah, cool. Exactly. Well, thank you. Ciao, ciao. All right. Yeah, ciao. Grazie. Thank you. So let's start from the beginning. Thanks a lot, Sander, who actually kicked off the conversation. I mean, the one that kicked off the conversation was me, but the first interview that was there was Sander. Thanks a lot, Julianne for this amazing chat. We were actually, I mean, uh, promising each other to have this talk really since a lot of time now we finally got it and that's super amazing then again a talk with Cory as usual and then the long talk with John huge hugs to everybody and thanks a lot for helping me setting up this podcast with you and this episode I really really hope that you enjoyed it and also from your side people if you enjoyed it let me know review comment do whatever you want in your application where you're listening to this podcast and if you want send me a message Calamaro CC or Broomwagon Podcast on the Instagram coffee link down below pay me a coffee it's super helpful for me to get your support and keep this podcast independent so I can spread around the content that I like and you like I hope and as well thanks a lot Komoot komoot.com slash g code broom to enjoy most of all of the uh, different features from the application in another extra region follow them as well in all their channels komoot is just amazing and supporting i mean they supported a couple of super cool things for example eurobike was one of those then there is the torino nice women rally i think it's called in this way super good same thing they did in montañas vacias they're gonna do same things around also for this summer plus Giro d'Italia was supported by Komoot this year how cool is that I mean it's super cool I know that you like it it's super super cool next time uh, the Eurobike is going to be completely different for sure but for sure the spirit is going to stay the same as the spirit that we are trying to express in this podcast so thanks a lot for have been until here and giving me all the amazing messages that you are giving me all the times i would love to mention everybody that i met at the trade show at the eurobike but i will never do it you are too many but you know who i'm talking about so high five to all of you ah and don't forget bike higgies the charity in berlin that teaches women refugees how to ride a bike give them also some support the link is down below I hope you liked this episode. If you didn't like, send me a message. I told you already everywhere you can do it from now. Well, huge hugs to everybody and talk to you soon. <laughs>